Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Jonesy and Amanda in the morning. WSFM. Well, hello there, Amanda. How are you today? I'm well, and how are you going? I like your shoes. Aren't they cute? I look like Bugs Bunny in these shoes. You do look They're like They're sort Bugs of little Bunny. white runners with a, with a yeah. you know, grey strip across them, like mm. Bugs Bunny's feet. You know, my accountant came over. We had a meeting, a State of the Union. Yep. How are we going? Who's doing what? You know, at my age, my advanced age, and I'm happy for that, mm-hmm. there's always discussion about when you retire, how much money you're going to need. Oh. So I've got to work for another gazillion years. And he said, so maybe slow down the spending. So what mm. I heard was, on your way home from work tomorrow, why don't you stop and spend a, a substantial amount of money? So that's what I did. We share the same accountant, and he said to me that I can retire next month. Really? Yep, as long as I die in January. Okay, well... You know, at least you've got a plan. <laughs> That's a nice plan. It's always nice to have a plan. Oh, I never liked caravanning anyway. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? Because he said, uh, you know, how do you picture your older years? Are you going to stay in Sydney, stay here? And I said, oh, I've never given it a minute's thought. I can't imagine mm. not working. Me can't neither. imagine that the kids will be grown and left the house. I don't want any of that. Oh, don't worry. They won't leave the house. Well, good. I don't want them to. I want to be one of those mummies that... No. Mummies? That yeah. keeps their mummies boys at home. That shouldn't be... If they listen to Wait this... Wait till stuff. you're feuding Cringing. with your 19-year-old, as I currently am. And he'll be saying, get out, get out, yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah, I said, see ya. Go. Out down Go. spot. When are you leaving home? When are you going to die? How old were that's you when you left home? 18. My ma- mother made it so unpleasant, I just had to get out of it. Maybe there. that's what you're doing now, maybe. But no, not really. But she's not going. No, the big... the big you War know, of the, the roses. The big, the big discussion, because we have this thing, because she just cannot clean up after herself. How bad is she? It's just terrible. In a bowl. Are you a stickler or is she bad? No, no, it's, it's just terrible. I'll clean the kitchen, I'll come back, and it's like poltergeist has been there. Yeah. Bowls with, you know, junk in them. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and all around the house there's bowls of junk. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't do this in my own house. No. And then she, you know, goes in, I'm doing uni, you don't understand, you don't know what pressure's like. And she goes, Time to visit a Burns ward, do you think? And say, here's actually someone who's having a hard day. Then then I said, when are you leaving home? When are you going to die? Did she say that? Yes. I think it's time to... Well, maybe it's time she did learn to survive. I I did. I said, see ya. Off Mm. you go. The next thing I'm going to do... I was thinking of this. Do you think this would be bad? I was thinking of setting up a tent in the front yard and putting all her bedroom and stuff in the tent. What do you think? No, because, you know, if you humiliate her, she's got nowhere to go. Well, I don't she's mean got a literally. Tent. No, I mean she's emotionally, in terms of how she fights this with you, has nowhere to go. You want her to be the one to say, I've been an idiot. And if you push her and humiliate her, she'll never say it. Mm. This all goes back to when she was a little kid and I was going to give her a bunch of heat beads for Christmas. Yeah, and your wife said, don't do it, and look what happened. Exactly. It's happened. It's a period of time where I thought I'd love to do a series, actually I'd still love to, on the crazy museums of the world. Mm. I think there's an Onkaparinga Museum in rural New South Wales. Just go and look at a lot of blankets, I Isn't don't know. Isn't there a menstrual yeah. museum as yes. well? Yes. That's why I smirked when I said before I was going through a period of thinking about doing yeah. those things. You'd only visit it once a month, obviously. <laughs> rest of the time, of terrifying to go in a bit cranky week before and after. But what about this? The Paris Museum of Eroticism. It's closing down. I saw that when I was over in Paris. I Did didn't you? go Did in you there, go in? I, I just saw it because it was written in French, something, l'erotique. And I thought, oh, that sounds cool. Mm. But uh, we didn't, didn't go, go in. in. I wish well, I did. They're selling everything off. Imagine, you know, you and I are collectors. Mm. Imagine getting some of these things. What could I get? There was a forest of phalluses. Yep. Um, lots of South American objects based on female genitalia. Mm-hmm. A tie pipe shaped like a reclining male member that went under the hammer. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, they have 2,000 items. Well, the oldest object was an 18th century marble plaque of the Hindu god Vishnu from a, a tantric temple. Wow. The highlights of the sale was an imposing modern steel sculpture showing a woman having it off with a robot. Warning, Will Robinson. <laughs> that went for $70,000. Oh, that's, that's a bit rich for my blood. This would have been good. A picture of a topless Mona Lisa went for 20000 mm. That would have been a good one. So France's only erotic museum has been forced to sell because the, old, the owner of the building is not going to renew the lease. Oh. And they can't find, you know what, it says premises could not be found elsewhere. I read that as penises. That's what that kind of story does to your brain. Mm. What's the so, back entrance like? Well, much used apparently. <laughs> back alley was overused and I don't know what they're going to do about that. It's a quarter to six with the news fits print. Good morning, Sarah Forster. Good Hello, morning. Sarah. What's well, happening? I wonder. Day in the USA. Hasn't that happened already? And I wonder if the Sharks will win the grand final. That hasn't happened yet, has it? Mm. These events have been dragging on for months. Haven't they? 18 months in the making this election. That's how long Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have been fighting it out in this race to the White House. And by the end of the day, we should have a result. At least 110 million people are expected to vote. That's in a country with a population of 330 million. How many? Only a third of them. Only a third, 110 million. And yet then they'll complain. Everyone will complain about whatever the outcome is. One of the unusual things this time around is that both candidates are New Yorkers. So they're both voting in New York, but it's very much considered a safe state for Hillary Clinton, so much so that Donald Trump's arriving to cast his ballot just to all these boos everywhere, boo, boo, and the look on his face, and he was not happy about it. Once he got inside, it was a different story, and a lot of people were very happy for him, shaking hands and wishing him all the best. So it looks as though this is going to be a close one. The polling stations will start closing from 11 our time. So that's 11 a.m. our 11 time. 11 a.m., yeah, on the East Coast at 3 p.m. on the West Coast. So if there is a clear leader, we could expect to know by around 4 or 5 this afternoon. If it's going to be tight, it could drag on for us until well into the night. We might be waking up tomorrow to find out who the next American president will be. Um, the other thing to note about this one is that with Clinton and Trump both in New York, that's actually considered a bit of an issue in terms of security and some police have told reporters in New York that um, they are worried about a potential threat from ISIS or al-Qaeda. So they've doubled the number of police on duty around Manhattan for this election compared to 2012. And I'll have more info on that in the news at 6 o'clock. Also, anything you need to know about the election, it will be in our bulletins across the day. What would happen, say, if it was like, you know, uh, what was that movie, London Has Fallen? Did you ever say that London Has yeah. Fallen movie? Yeah. What would happen if indeed there was a terrorist attack and they both got blown up? What happens then? Well, then there's one independent guy. There's one guy who's running as an independent. He'd take over. I was listening yesterday. If there's a gridlock mm. and the, and the uh, high court is in gridlock, then they vote, they cast their vote again, and this g- independent guy could <laughs> Who's win. Who's that? Bob Clutterbuck. <laughs> that's from a, that's I can't remember his name, but you know that guy. Woohoo! Tomorrow the morning. Bradbury of the American yeah, that's election. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Well, let's see who's here. Jonesy. Yep. LV. Here. Adam. Here. Posty. Here. And hello, Cozzy. Hello. Hi. All right, Jonesy, what have you got? Me. Oh, nothing. Elvie, no. how about you? Josh Thomas is t- coming in today. Oh, your easy, boyfriend. easy. Oh, little cuddly Josh from Talking About Your Generation. Yep. He has gone on to incredible success. His show mm. is being lauded by Vanity Fair. Oh, I don't think Celebrity Splash was that much of a big deal. No, he's got another show that's after that. Oh. So that should be good. 
Yeah, we're also talking to Duncan McNabb. He's written a book about Roger Rogerson. I just finished that book. What are the chances? What a great book. Was Roger Rogerson in Celebrity Splash? No. Well, that would have been an engine block around here. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's right. He's not coming up anytime soon. Well, that sounds truly excellent. And, of course, we've got Chris Reason on to, from the US to talk about the election. Too. What if his name was Chris Unreasonable? Would we have him on? These are all questions you could ask him. All right. Well, that sounds good. Anything from you, Adam? No. Anything from you, Posty? No, Anything no. from you, Cos? Yeah, I've got Okay, no, well, that sounds excellent. Do any of us have a holistic issue? What's he categorising as that? I don't know. Ben Barber left the Sharks because he has a holistic issue. He's not a drug addict. No, he's got anxiety issues, he said. You know what I was ticked off about? If he leaves the Sharks and then he can just go and play for some other side, which we don't want. But I then I just heard good news in that news that he would come back to the Sharks, which I hope for. How long is his ban? 12 weeks, which is pretty much half the season, isn't it? No, but the Sharks have ripped up his contract, haven't they? Yeah, but what I'm saying is they rip up his contract and then all of a sudden he's playing again for the Bulldogs or Newcastle. Yeah, but for him to come back to the Sharks, they have to go through the bin and sticky tape his contract yep. back together. So Lyle will be breaking out. He's left the scotch tape very close. <laughs> and because he would know... Oh, he only ripped it into two pieces. That's <laughs> not much ripping. You know, that, that's the thing. If you're going to rip up a contract, all you do this, you just go place, it on, top of, you place yeah. it on top of the bin. Yeah. You don't or, actually... No, don't put it through the shredder. Don't not put it just the yet. We have the Magnificent Seven. Seven questions. Can you go all the way and answer all seven questions correctly? Question number one. John Bon Jovi is the lead singer of which band? Can you go all the way and answer all seven correctly? Let's see how Jim goes. He's in Springwood. Hi, Jim. Morning, John. Jimena, how are you? Very well. John Bon Jovi is the lead singer of which band? Uh, bon Jovi. Why he didn't just go with John? I don't know. Why just call the band John? Yeah, I could wonder if they debated that. Well, maybe that's why Richie Zambora left. Yeah. Yeah, where's my name, he said. Who is the person saying this speech? My parents impressed on me the values that you work hard for what you want in life, that your word is your bond. Who is that? Don't believe you, Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Then you marry a rich man and he doesn't mind you're an immigrant. He bans the other ones. I thought it was Gloria from Modern Family. Sound a bit like that. Question number three for you, Jim. Russell Crowe won an Oscar. For best actor in which film in 2001? I'm going to say Beautiful Mind. Oh, no. I'm so confident. At my signal, release bad answer. My parents came here <laughs> with a suitcase full of dreams. Who would have thought that we'd turn into a voice fest? <laughs> All right, well, that's question number three. Russell Crowe won an Oscar. Best actor in which film in 2001? Liz in Wollongong. Hi, Liz. Hi, how are you going, guys? Very well, thank you. Russell Crowe won an Oscar for Best Actor in which film in 2001 we've established is not Beautiful Mind? Uh, the Gladiator. Gladiator. I could watch that Gladiator again. I just tell her the bit at the end when he dies, his friend dies. Oh, see, I thing. forgot yeah. how it ended. I just thank like you. That, that bit at the end. You know when, what's his name? Warkin Phoenix stabs him in the rib? Yeah, forgotten all that. I but he kills Warkin. Am I wrecking this for you, Liz? If you haven't seen, no. if you haven't seen Gladiator, then what, what are you? A, <laughs> Is it a too soon for a spoiler alert? <laughs> How much time does the average person spend kissing in their lifetime? This is a multiple choice, Liz. A is it okay. twenty weeks? B, two weeks? C, two minutes in your lifetime? In your, in your lifetime, I'd have to say twenty weeks. No, you must be getting a little bit more action You're than everybody a romantic, else, aren't you, Liz? No. Let's ponder that for a while. How many times, uh, how much time does the average person spend kissing in their lifetime? 20 weeks, two weeks, two minutes. What's your answer? Let's go to Frank in Eaglevale. Hi, Frank. Hi, 
Hey, how you going, Jones and Amanda? Good. Do you like kissing, Frank? A uh, little bit. A little bit. A lot of men just see it as a means to an end, <laughs> don't they? Mean, that is a means to an end. It's a bit of kindling was, to get the wi- fire going. women are just happy with the kindling often. There's been enough kissing. I think so, yeah. All right. Well, how much time does the average person spend kissing in their lifetime? Is it 20 weeks, two weeks, two minutes? I think it'll probably be two weeks. It's two, two weeks. weeks. That's a lot, isn't it? Of the way, it is a lot. I could get that down. I could get that quoted down a lot. <laughs> of the world's five oceans, which one is the largest? Uh, Pacific. Yes. Yeah. Don't mention Billy. Question number six for you. Joel Parkinson is an Australian athlete known for which sport? Mm. Ah. Here's a quick clue. Swing Think of that emotions. previous answer, yeah. Uh, swimming. No, you went with the wrong water sport. Andy's in Newport. Hello, Andy. He'd know this. Yeah, good day, mate. How are you? Good. Joel Parkinson. What's he? Which sport does he do, Andy? Surfing. Surfing. Yeah. It has been confirmed that actress Megan Markle is the girlfriend of whom? Oh, Rando Bloom? No. no. Nice answer, though. Mel's in Eldersley. Hi, Mel. Hi, how are you? Very Good. well. It has been confirmed. It's been speculated for a couple of weeks, but it's been confirmed. Megan Markle is the girlfriend of whom? Prince Harry. Prince Harry. Congratulations to you, Mel. You have won the jam pack. A double pass to see Blondie and Cindy Lauper at the ICC Sydney Theatre. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. A Mel Gibson DVD pack and in-season double pass to Hacksaw Ridge, which is in cinemas now. And the Jonesy and Amanda character choose for you to colour in with stayed La Pencils, Mel. That is awesome. Thank you very yes. much. You Simply are awesome. so welcome, Mel. The Jalmanac, a big book of musical facts. On this day in 1991, Prince and the New Power Generation started a two-week run at the top of the charts with the song Cream. Mm -hmm. It would actually end up being Prince's last number one hit. Now, this is a bit weird. Might make you feel a little uncomfortable. Prince did something weird? He admitted he'd written the entire song standing up, staring at himself in the mirror. So when he sings these lines, you got the horn, so why don't you blow it? You are fine, you're filthy, cute, and baby, you know it. He's singing about himself. Wow. Think about that as you listen to this song this morning. Great. Cold spoon, anyone? Get a room, Prince. I think he was in it himself. And the Northern Territory government, I see, is considering legal action over controversial travel merchandise spruiking the top end as a tourist destination. Doesn't sound like a bad thing, does it? What's the problem with it? A group called NT Official, which has no connection to the government's actual tourism arm, Tourism NT, is selling shirts and souvenirs emblazoned with the words, see you in the NT. Let me have a look how that's written. So that's how it would appear on the shirt. Yeah, first two letters, last two letters in big letters. So the Northern Territory government has a problem with this. Not well, actual, yeah, because it looks bad. Not the offensive slogan, but just the unofficial use oh, really? of the NT logo. Really? That's the, the bit they've complained purpose. about. Yeah, they don't care about the other thing. Mm. You know, come on, there's people that have a Darwin stubby for breakfast. Mm. Just as long as everything's above board, Amanda. Or below board, as that logo will tell you. In a world of magazines with business tips, well, not business tips, with beauty and health beauty tips, beauty and health tips, and even business tips, yeah. you could read those magazines. But why would you why do would that? Why would you? When you can come to the one place. Munsey's magazine tips. It's made my day. These are budget beauty busting tips. 
Need to paint your nails but you don't have time for them to dry and you keep chipping them? Buy coloured paper from the newsagent. Mm. Cut them into shape, glue them onto your nail, look smooth and doesn't chip. You know, if you're walking around with post-it notes on your nails... You're an idiot. How about this one? Like the Norman Gunston's had a go at your fingers. I have blonde hair. Whenever my dark roots grow out, I try and put it off, put off going to the hairdresser for as long as possible. I mix flour with turmeric. Turmeric is a natural yellow spice, adds colour back to your scalp. Whenever I do it, I always get compliments on how exotic I smell. Uh, <laughs> what happens if she has a shower? Oh, your head smells like a curry. Presuming she has a shower. Waist trainers are all the craze at the moment with celebrities. Basically, these are corsets that are meant to tighten your torso. Don't have money to dish out to buy one? Buy some strong bandages from the local chemist. Get a friend to help you wrap it very tightly around your stomach. (laughs) You know. You know. (laughs) Need to exfoliate your face and body? Mm. Use fresh kitty litter. Because exfoliators are expensive and they run out. Kitty litter is cheaper, can be bought in bulk. I like how they say use fresh kitty litter in case there's any confusion. Yeah, well, you know, you, who would know? The people who write these in are so stupid. They may use, you know, anything. Up to puss's box and just go and put it all over your face. It says here, I've, you'll enjoy this one. I've got a lot of blackheads on my back. Yeah. I asked my partner to paint on some of our son's PVA glue across it. Then let it dry for 15 minutes. You know what's coming here, don't you? Mm -hmm. Then we peeled it off. I was pleased to find that all the blackheads went with it. Great. And made for a great wall hanging later. Dry elbows and knees. This is my final. Rub mayonnaise onto them. It's as moisturising as baby oil. Let me just add this, though. Don't add lettuce and egg or you'll have to have a Caesar. (laughs) Aye, aye. Why bother buying magazines? Munsey's Magazine Tips. It's made my day. Except for the new idea, because we're in that once a week. Mm. WSFM's Temptation. Go! It's temptation time, man. I know you don't like me tempting people, but I can't help it if I'm so tempted. You lure people into going for the $1,000 well, and they don't win. It's called temptation. It's not called... Well, maybe it should be called choose your level and win some money. Oh, that sounds terrible. Because here's how it works. We play a snippet of a song. You determine how much of that song you hear. If you want to win a thousand bucks, you'll only hear a second of the song. For five hundred dollars, we play three seconds of the song. For a hundred bucks, we play five seconds of the song. Vicky's in Penshurst. Hello, Vicky. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, Vicky. Don't listen to him. So Amanda's doing a temptation voice, don't how you? How would you know? How would you choose? How do you want to play today, Vicky? Look, I'm so tempted to go for the thousand dollars. Go for the thousand. I, I, I knew, I knew that uptown girl yesterday. Did, did you get that? I did get that, but I'm too scared. I'm oh, going to chicken out. And I'm going to go the five hundred dollars. You know I reckon you'll get today's one. I reckon you'll get today's one. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm going to go. The, I'm going to go the, the three seconds. Go the oh, that's for five for five hundred oh, bucks. Yes, okay, yes. Don't let Jonesy. Take you beyond your comfort oh, zone, Vicky. Oh, can, fingers crossed. I can take you beyond <laughs> the comfort zone. Oh, and straight to HR. All right, Vicky, now what happens here? You're going to hear three seconds of a song. You have to tell us the song by title and artist before the buzzer goes off. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here it is. Three, two, one. Go. Um, is it Blondie, One Day or Another? No. No, no it's from comfort zone into danger zone. <laughs> Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Vicky, Vicky, but look at it this way. 
you haven't lost a thousand dollars. You only lost five hundred dollars. That's exactly. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play again tomorrow. Thanks, Vicky. You know, before they split in late September, Mariah Carey and James Packer were thrashing out a prenup. And the prenup negotiations were not complete when they called off their nine-month engagement. But Entertainment Tonight has revealed some of the very particular details of Mariah and James's agreement. Did you know that Mariah would have received Australian $7.7 million for every year of marriage had what's, she married James? What's that a week? That's $196,000 a week. This is a woman who is already independently wealthy. She's pretty loaded. Was she just going to rip him off? You know, I saw Glitter. Oh, that was terrible, wasn't it? But, you know, she... She's done all right for herself. The thing I find interesting also is that they've had to specify, this is in the prenup, what a gift would be because mm. I assume if it's a gift, she gets to keep it and if they, if it's not a gift they and they break up, that's up for conjecture. So they had to figure out a definition of a gift and according to this source, the prenup said that a gift meant um, – whether it's jewelry or personal adornment, if it costs up to three hundred and twenty-four thousand, it's a gift. Anything over three hundred and twenty-four thousand, mm. and it's up for conjecture, unless it was accompanied by a note saying, "This is my gift to you." Well, that's specific, isn't it? Does that mean just looking at us for a minute? All the gifts that I buy you, say for example, my gnome that dispensed oh. cookies from its backside. If it dispensed them, it'd be great. It was just a cookie bowl a cookie thing that whether you took the lid off its bum. Yeah. If it dispensed them, how good would that be? And he said, my bum is full of delicious goodness. And that was a gift to you, mm. so you can keep that. That's $19.50. I don't think it counts. Well, it's, it's all... No, really, you should have that. I think you should have it. In, in, in fairness, you should have it. I wonder if James gave Mariah a Christmas gift like that. Maybe that's what caused him to break up. Straight to the innovations catalogue. I can see James, <laughs> his glasses perched on his nose. She'll like that. <laughs> She'll love a this. cat feeder. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what you think of this, Brendan. A new study has said that men don't really like the traditional bucks night anymore. Really? Not only the men who are the buck, but even the guests... Uh, men don't enjoy the extreme shaming, humiliation and deviance of a bachelor party and only join in for fear of FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm. These two doctors from the University of uh, Madrid and the University of Salford embedded themselves in a number of stag parties. I've been telling that to your wife. Another one. It's just research. Uh, their observations confirmed, really, they say here what every woman suspects, that men don't like them. One groom was forced to sit... Uh, in a lap dancing club, despite having no desire to see half-naked dancing women, let alone pay them. Really? Another one had offensive <laughs> messages scrawled all over his body. And it says here, this is what's interesting too, the fellows who aren't getting married don't fare much better. One party goer was pressured to drink so much he soiled himself. <laughs> Another was robbed. Men are often are badly injured. Mm. The researchers concluded that many bucks party goers sus- have go along because they feel it's expected of them, but really don't like it. Sure. Sure, we don't like it. You we go to a lot of Bucks parties. I love Bucks parties. And this is the thing. This is a, something women do. You put these stories out there. Because there's men heading up to the weekend. There's men about to go on Bucks parties and the, the wife or the girlfriend will hear, oh, look, uh, 
you know, did you hear about Bucks parties? I mean, men don't like them. You don't need to go to that Bucks party. But, no, I disagree. Men love going to I Bucks parties. I think even men these days, the new Bucks weekend oh, is you go, you Bucks, play that's golf. So soft. Oh, no, it's you play golf or whatever. Soft. Oh, this... let's go and get facials together. Yeah, not every man. Talk about our feelings. Not every man no, likes watching happened? his friend have to be lap danced. It's just gross <laughs> and it's teenage behaviour and grow up. You know, I think it's time. It's finally people can say it out loud. They don't like them. They You're do. allowed to say it out loud. Men love Bucks parties. <laughs> they are great. That's why I think it's time to go into the man zone. This is a man's world. I haven't been in for a while. Is it going to stink? Well, I didn't say you could even come in. I'm here. There you go, shooting back from the D again. See, yeah, sure. I'm allowed to do whatever Keep I like. Get your smoke off the table. I just had it relined. Have a look around. No lap dancers in here as yet. Well... What are you, there's a pole. Make yourself busy. <laughs> <laughs> Men like Bucks parties, and this is a myth purported by no, women. Because you know agree. what I'm having with the young, the, the, what, what I've noticed with the young guys these days, oh, we're not having a, I'm not going to have a Bucks party. We're going to have a combined kitchen tea. You know, what's happened? <laughs> I That's think what finally That's men are grown up enough to say, you know what, I actually don't want that. The man's own discussion this morning, feel free to come into the man's own. There's no judgment. Men love Bucks parties. You love Bucks parties. Don't They're be great. led by the witness. I'd be interested to know, do you or don't you? Don's in Maryland. Welcome to the man zone, Don. Sorry, Jonesy, you're wrong, mate. Um, a lot of men have changed their mind about the Bucks party. They're humiliating. They're disgusting. They're disrespectful to your future wife. Um, you have to ask yourself the question, would you like her to be going out lap dancing and carrying on like a goose? Um, you know, it's just not on. No one's doing them anymore. They've just lost all what they used to be. It's better to go out and have a beer with your friends, celebrate the fact that you are getting married, and do it in a respectful and mindful manner without the social media. Well, that's right. That's in a very good point. Why is it felt as your last night of freedom, so you've got to behave like a pig? But look, that's just me, to, you and don't that's have to just Don. Like a pig, oh. Don, are you being held against your will? <laughs> well, let's see what other people think. Aaron's in Wollongong. Welcome to the man zone. What do you reckon, Aaron? Hey guys, how are you going? Good. Um, look, I would have enjoyed my bucks party if it was uh, more of a traditional bucks party. We um, we ended up going for the skirmish, which is good, uh, mm. and then a couple of beers with the boys. But but I, I miss the strippers. Or I went to bucks parties with my mates and things like that. My, I really like these the traditional strippers and uh, having a good time. But it all depends on uh, who you're with, I suppose. Yeah, mm. exactly. The traditional it? stripper. <laughs> traditional. By the time she took her bustle off, <laughs> act was over. <laughs> Aaron, thank you. Good Fair on, enough. Aaron. Stuart's in Eastwood. Hello, Stuart. Good day, Jonesy and Amanda. Welcome um, to the man we, zone. My, thank you. Um, my son and I, well, my son had his bucks night. We had a great time. We went out uh, archery paintball, did that, and then we uh, we went to a brewery, had a uh, tour of a brewery, and then we went to um, uh, an escape room, did all that. What's um, an escape room? Is that a Stuart? strip club? No. <laughs> No, it's a place where you, you set a puzzle to get out of it. Oh you know, you're put God. into a room and then you have to work out these puzzles <laughs> to get out of it, which is very interesting when you're drunk. See, I gotta tell you. Jonesy, not everyone needs to be lap danced I'm not saying I need to be night. lap danced. I'm just saying there's a frisson. You need a frisson of danger. I don't want to break out of a puzzle. Do you want a frisson of danger? Why? How would you feel if Helen went out and was sitting on men's laps and She went on studs of float. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Is that where you met? No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. All right. Well, Sorry. Mark's impressions. We're getting a variety of opinions here. Mark, what do you think? We're in the man zone. Do you actually enjoy a Bucks party? 
Men love Bucks parties, Amanda. They absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. If there's an aspect of your Bucks party you don't like, grow a set, tell them you don't like it, and walk off. Everyone will follow you. There you go. Thank you, Mark. Pull yourself out of contention. Thank you. Next time manly issues need to be resolved, come into the manza. I don't think it was resolved, but finally we had a chance for some men to say, I don't like it. That's what I've heard from this discussion. This is interesting. You know the show um, Big Bang Theory? Yes. You, I'm going to put my hand up and say I've never watched an entire episode. I hear really? this show is extraordinary, but I've never seen a full episode. I, I started watching it when they, when Two and a Half Men, they, they got rid of uh, Charlie Sheen for mm-hmm. Two and a Half Men. Big Bang Theory sort of begat from them because Chuck Lorre makes both shows and he made Big Bang Theory the biggest show. It's become TV putty. If there's a break in the schedule, quick, get in Big Bang Theory, Mm -hmm. shove it in. Well, it's easy to watch. Oh, it is. And and, Jim Parson uh, is the actor who plays Sheldon. Yep. He's the world's highest paid TV actor in the world. He earns over $25 just in, in the past year. Wow. Um, so this is interesting. I think they want to capitalise on his popularity but without having to pay the big money. They're making – this is the, the rumour this morning – there's going to be a spin-off show that's in the works. It'll be called Sheldon and will focus on his childhood. Oh. Viewers can learn about 12-year-old Sheldon's life growing up in Texas with his older brother, his twin sister, his Christian mother, his alcoholic father. The script is yet to be written. The pilot has been ordered. Really? Be like, imagine if they did that with us. Got our twelve-year-old versions of us. Oh. I think they've got that now. <laughs> what are you going to see? You're going to see Sheldon just doing his homework. He's yeah. a brainiac. Is that going he to be? He doesn't need to do it. But they've tried to do this over the years. A number of shows. Remember Muppet Babies? Uh. They thought, let's try and make the Muppets more cute. We'll make the Muppet Babies. The Carrie Diaries. That was sort of a prequel to Sex and the City. Smallville. This was a TV show based on Superman's early life. The Flintstone Kids. The Young Indiana Jones. A mm. pup named Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with the last <laughs> Do these shows actually work? There's a reason that they're not as successful as the originals. You're mm-hmm. not going to see a show about Thurston Howell II, just a rich guy <laughs> saying to his son, you should go on a cruise. <laughs> There's a reason they don't work. I was just doing some medical research. I know this is your domain, and I hope I'm not treading on your toes. Well, what have you got? The gas given off by rotten eggs could halt heart disease in patients with diabetes. How would you even think to check that, to test it? Hydrogen sulphide, mm. which they use in stink bombs, mm. seems to repair damage done to the cells that line the inside of the blood vessels. This damage caused by prolonged exposure to high levels of blood sugar leads to inflammation. So that restricts your blood flow. Mm. So what they do is they inject some of the egg gas stuff in and it risks, well, risks the, uh, it reduces the risk of heart attack. Really? Rotten egg gas? Rotten egg How gas. How have they tested it? Uh, mice. Oh, poor mice. Straight to the mice. Oh, those poor mice. Mm. What have they done to deserve this? He's been blowing his stack at the drop of a hat. You've got to help us, Professor. Poor mice. <laughs> you just had that ready to I go. Did. Well, Disney sent it through. <laughs> It's quarter to eight. The WSFM reaction line at eight o'clock this morning. Thirteen WSFM. The American election is underway with voters deciding between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. It's interesting, isn't it? A few years ago, with the recent elections, we wouldn't have cared less. Well, it's it's always been interesting, but this is extraordinary. Yeah, I think unprecedented. It's it is unprecedented. We've got uh, 
candidates who we may not have expected, especially in Donald Trump. You know, even two years ago, if, if someone said Donald Trump, it will be, you know, one step away from the White House, you'd say... It was a joke. Yeah, right, you know, you're making a reality show, come on. Um, but this outcome is expected to be very, very close. If you look at a map of America, Donald Trump appears to be popular in more states, but Hillary Clinton has support in the more heavily populated states like California and New York. If we cast our minds over the big issues, gun control, very big this election. Donald Trump is saying that he wants to defend the right for Americans to bear arms and people feel very passionately about that. Hillary Clinton says she wants restrictions on who can access those high power firearms that have been used in countless horrible shootings in America and you can see why. Did you see that candidate though blindfolded assembling the pretty serious Mm. piece of firearm like it looks like a semi-automatic machine gun and he's going this is what I want they're mental. Yeah, but let's They're not mental. give them to the baddies or the terrorists. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, strange. Mm. We know immigration's an issue as well and women. You've got the woman who wants to be the first female president and you've got the man who... Who boasts about sexually assaulting them. Mm. Intriguing. I've said all along I'm with Hillary. I just Donald Trump has never paid taxes. He uh, has notions. He has no policies. She's the most over-scrutinised candidate America has ever had. She's been forced to be so scrutinised. And I th- she's still the one who does ha- who's best qualified for this job. I'm with her, as they say. You're with Hillary, Aaron. How Hillary about issues. you? Yeah, I, I'm with Hillary because of the gun, you know, the, the aforementioned gun control thing. But then a lot of people, a lot of conspiracists say, you know, what happened to Benghazi with all the uh, the emails and the stuff like that, those things. You know, <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I don't care about American politics. It's it's not my. It will affect us. Bag. Whatever happens here mm. will affect us. So, who would you be voting for today? Now is your chance to say. Thirteen WSFM. I would vote for, and I have voted by absentee ballot for Hillary Clinton. She's the most qualified candidate, and I can't wait until she's elected president of the United States. Uh, Donald Trump, for sure. I haven't seen anyone that's been so attacked by media before in my life, so they're obviously one cleaning in for some reason. I would vote Hillary Clinton because I think Donald Trump's a bit of a jerk, to be honest. Donald Trump, he says what everyone's thinking. They say about him being sexist to women, but look who Hillary Clinton's married to. Any person that's less evil than Hillary, Trump. I would vote for Gary Johnson, neither one of the other two clowns. I would vote for Donald Trump. Hillary let Americans die in Benghazi. She supplied weapons to ISIS. Donald Trump's just guilty of being an idiot. What a treat to have this man in the studio with us this morning. His TV show, Please Like Me, has been called one of the best shows on television with critics from the New York Times and Vanity Fair singing its praises. Season four kicks off tonight. Josh, hello. Hello. It's nice to see you. Oh, it's so great to see you. You, since there you were, team captain for Generation Y, and here you are Mm. taking the world by storm. Was this show in your head for years and years? Yeah, I mean, I think when I started working on this show when I was... Like, I was straight when we started pitching this show. Mm. So that's a long time ago. Do you remember that? I remember the days where you were straight. I remember young girls would come into the audience <laughs> of my generation and hold up signs saying, please marry me. Mm. And then over the Christmas holidays, you came back and you were gay. Yeah. So yeah. when you say you were straight, were you actually straight or you just didn't... You, did you go the Graham Kennedy and just didn't tell anyone? No, I ha- um, no, I was I was giving it a go. I was like very stubborn. I don't know. How much. <laughs> um, I was I was having sex with girls. Is that what you really? wanted to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. It was fun. You know. But then you sort of get older, and and then um, it's not as fun anymore. 
Right. And so was that transition for you sort of made you start thinking about plot lines for a TV show? No, we were already pitching. So originally the show, Joshua Strait, and then what happened was I, like, fell in love with a boy. I think that happens for, like, a lot of gay people. Like, they're, like, um, they, like, can set aside the sex stuff, but then they realise that they won't be able to, like, fall in love with somebody unless they come out. And then so I fell in love with a boy, Mm. and then I came out, and then the show had to change because it would just be creepy, I think, to watch me kiss a girl, don't you think? I don't think so. You'd I like it? Yeah. Well, no, well, it's not Amanda's into far. it. Yeah, Amanda's I'm into it big time. Well, you know, it's, it's like bisexual, that's the big thing at the moment. Everyone's bisexual. <laughs> what isn't about it? trisexual? What's, yeah. I'm not, so we have it off with a tricycle, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's um, you'll try anything. Maybe. Yeah. So, Josh, a lot of the things that happen in the show have happened in your life. Do you have to run them past your family and friends before you put them on the TV? Or every time you're at a, at a dinner, do your friends go, don't use that? Uh, people always say to me, like, like I'll go to like a coffee shop and they'll stuff up my coffee order and they'll be like, oh, this better not end up in this show. And oh. it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do the wrong coffee order scene. Don't be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You, you were on talking about your generation, a very successful show. Is there any talks about that coming back? <laughs> I don't know, are there, Amanda? But if anything, if talking about your generation didn't come back, what about Celebrity Splash? Would that come back? Uh, I don't think Celebrity Splash will be back. I probably wouldn't do it again. I forgot (laughs) you'd done that. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did it. And you didn't look as bad with your shirt off as I would have thought. (laughs) Is that a compliment? (laughs) I don't think that's a compliment. I remember thinking, thinking, is he going to go with a rashy? And when you didn't wear a rashy... You know, they put a spray tan on me <laughs> and I got the lighter shade and I just didn't, I just still looked like paper, you know. I just still looked <laughs> like paper. Like a little baby, you know, fresh out the oven, just no. But not as bad as we expected. And not that's as bad as we expected. wonderful compliment. Uh, honestly, I'm honestly going to sail through the day on that compliment. That's, I'm that's thrilled. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with it. Oh, it wasn't as bad as he expected. Um, the Please Like Me is 9.30 tonight on the ABC. Josh Thomas, it's always a treat. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. WSFM's Freeze Frame. We have $1,000 for you right now with Freeze Frame. Do you want to play? You give us a call. 13 WSFM, $1,000 could be yours. Give you a clue. Today's category is movies. 13 WSFM. Duncan McNabb is a former police detective turned investigative journalist. He's been following corrupt policeman, now convicted murderer, Roger Rogerson for 30 years. He has described him as one of the most evil men in Australian history. It's quite a portrayal. And now he's written a book about this mastermind. The book is called, funnily enough, Roger Rogerson. Duncan McNabb, hello. Good morning. We've had both Roger Rogerson and Glenn McNamara on our show, and that's why I was so interested in your book, because that we had them both sit there and, well, Roger Rogerson defended himself from the questions that we were asking him about him being corrupt and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Glenn McNamara, on the other hand, was an evangelist almost who was hell-bent on getting rid of uh, corrupt police, and he went undercover as an undercover cop on the cops. Uh, and he wrote a series of books. And, and I, even reading your book, I, I thought, well, maybe maybe he was just doing research on a book. So what was his story, Duncan? <laughs> McNamara conned all of us. I remember when I found that Glenn McNamara was being sought along with Roger Rogers from, for a drug dealing, drug dealing and a murder. I thought, two of the most unlikely coppers I could ever think of. Mm. But um, it was odd. I took one of Glenn's books his first book and showed it to a bloke who was actually mentioned in it. And he said, oh, mate, that's all nonsense. I actually was slightly stronger than nonsense. Um, 
I, the probability with Glenn is that he was um, after some shenanigans at the cross, and I'm quite confident of those, and thought he was sprung by the numerous organisations doing surveillance up there. So rather than honestly go in and say, I want to go undercover and sort all this out, he's thought, mm, I think I'm about to be caught. I'll just go and take the first step, which is what turned him into the undercover copper he then wrote about. And at the end there, so we go to Padstow and there's Roger Rogerson. Uh, well, the first is Jamie Gow and Glenn McNamara. Uh, Glenn mm. McNamara had befriended Jamie Gow on the on the guys that he was doing a uh, research on a book about triads and drug taking. Yes. So they end up going into this storage unit. Roger Rogerson walks in, and three minutes later, two men walk out, and it's not Jamie Gow. Yeah, the McNamara and Gow relationship was so close that they even had pet names for each other. I think uh, Jamie called him son, and Glenn called Jamie mum. But uh, the the bottom line was that at some stage in the planning, Rather than bat on with the drug deal and start an enterprise together, they decided that it was just faster to kill him and take the drugs. Old-fashioned drug ripoff. Mm. Two coppers arrive with no money. Jamie Gow arrives with nearly three kilos worth of stuff, and a horrid, horrid, and very quick result. And so, at the end, there, do you think it's Roger Rogerson that shot Jamie Gow? I do. Um, I think it takes an a pretty extraordinary sort of human being to cold-bloodedly shoot somebody. And I frankly don't think Glenn McNamara had the capacity to do that. Roger has a track record and he's a bloody good shot. Although they were both found equally guilty, weren't they? Yeah, uh, the judge, and it was a joint criminal enterprise. Both of them knew what was going on. Both of them knew what was going to happen and both of them were the outcome of that equally. Mm. And it's, but it's extraordinary for two guys that seem to know a bit about this. Every part of their journey was followed on CCTV. Yeah, I reckon it's the most uh, documented case I've ever seen in uh, in a lot of years. So when the police found that, it was just like watching dominoes fall. They, they watched them leave that street and then the street cameras picked them up and the storage unit cameras picked them up. And by that stage, the coppers got a pretty fair idea who their two lead suspects are. And at the end of it all as well, Jamie Gow... Uh, had a family that loved him and you, you always I think the, the, the media portrayal of him was just a low down drug dealer but he was just starting out as a, a, a like I'd say bit off more than he could chew Absolutely Jamie came from a you know just a pleasant family good upbringing lots of great friends around him um, but decided that rather than finish his business degree at the UTS that he wanted to be, and this is what he said, he told a mate he wanted to be a gangster. Mm. Um, 20-year-old kid wouldn't have had a clue what he was getting himself into. He'd seen a couple of mates who'd been involved in drug dealing on the edge of his circle of friends and thought he could do it better. What he didn't realise that he was getting into bed with two blokes who were pretty serious and one of them deeply unpleasant. Well, it's a lesson there because you see all these kids and they're all into that old gangster life thing. They've got all these neck tattoos. They well, all look like they can do that stuff. too much underbelly. Yeah, and the, uh, Jamie Gow was uh, really fond of Hong Kong action movies, apparently, and he and his mates used to love them. So I think a bit of that, there might have been a bit of rub off from that as well, yeah. that swaggering lifestyle. But, you know, lots of cash, fast cars, lots of booze, lots of drugs, pretty girls. Yeah. Um, it's a way a lot of kids are seduced into crime these days. If only Jamie had just watched Gilmore Girls instead, <laughs> it might have been a different outcome. Exactly um, what I've- well, Duncan, I found the book fascinating. It's a great read. Roger Rogerson out now in all good bookstores. Duncan McNabb, thank you for joining us. Thank you both very much. Unlike when we go to vote at the polls and we're just voting on who you'd like your candidate to be, in America there's a whole lot of stuff, this other legislature that mm. people get to vote on. For example, Proposition 
64. This is in California. You get to see, you get to vote on whether recreational marijuana should be legal for those aged 21 and over, whether there should be tails on. Uh, taxes on sales and the cultivation. Mm. Um, other initiatives to ban shops from giving out single-use plastic bags. Other states are voting on that. Right. In some other states, you can repeal the death penalty in favour of life without parole. Mm-hmm. What about this, though? In California, there are 17 statewide measures, including Proposition 60, you're asked to vote on. This allows the general public to decide whether porn stars should have to wear condoms while filming sex scenes. Well. Proposition 60. Proposition 60. Not 69. No, 60. Good Lord. Yeah, I thought you just had to put an X in the box. <laughs> Cripes. Well, voting is happening across the USA as we speak. I saw a photograph this morning of uh, Trump's wife voting. And he couldn't help himself looking over his shoulder just to (laughs) check who she's casting a vote for. Uh, For an update on how it's going, we cross now to Seven News Chief Reporter Chris Reason. Hello, Chris. Good morning to you guys. I just hope Melania wasn't uh, topping uh, Michelle Obama's uh, voting card. uh, Exactly. uh, (laughs) Exactly. Could happen. And for the purposes of this interview, Chris, what sort of trench coat are you wearing? Because I noticed that Carl Stefanovic's gone with a trench coat with a scarf. Have you got the same sort of uh, makeup uh, there? He does, mate. He does everything I do. That's just mm. insane. I'm really a bit annoyed about that. No, I've got my trench coat. I've got my scarf ready to go. It is going to get to about 12 degrees tonight, and I'm stuck here in front of this camera till, till about 1 a.m. local time. So it's uh, it is chilly. But you know, fascinating story. I don't want to be anywhere else. We're, we're right now out the front of the Hilton Hotel, where Donald Trump is uh, expected expected to show up once the results are known, and uh, he gives his either victory speech or concession speech. And one quick note to paint the picture, they've just put in place about 20 uh, massive semi-trailers ringing around the hotel. And I asked the cops, what's that for? And it's a security procedure. They don't want anyone to be able to drive a truck bomb into the foyer of the hill. Nice uh, nice concerning little thought there that puts us all at rest. Anecdotally, on the streets, what are people saying to you? What are Americans saying? Are they they pro-Trump or are they pro-Clinton? Uh, look, it depends where you go. I've spent the last three weeks uh, following Trump. So, you know, and he's been hitting states where he believes he can win. And you go to these rallies and he's attracting 2,000, 5,000, 15,000 people, depending on the size of the venue. And uh, and the support is extraordinary. And there's an energy there. I, I, you can't deny him that he's tapped into something. They call themselves a movement. Um, they are that. I was standing there yesterday doing some stuff at 7, 6 p.m. news and looking around the crowd and the, uh, it just, it, it, you just can't help but notice this, but every single face there is white. There isn't a black person in the audience. There isn't a Hispanic person in the audience, or very few. Count them on one hand. And, um, and that kind of speaks to the, the demographic that, um, that Trump has pulled in as his support base. That's all that's left for him. So I, I thought it was always going to be a stretch for him to get across the line today. I mean, the results aren't in. We don't know. But my feeling is, and watching the poll results and the momentum that swung in the last week, I think Hillary's going to uh, to take this tonight. So you think it'll be Hillary, but there are some swing states that will dictate this result. Which are the ones we look out for throughout the uh, throughout our day here? Yeah, well, the, the usual ones. I mean, Ohio, you know, no Republican has ever got to the White House without winning Ohio. Uh, we'll know that result at, I think, about 12 o'clock your time. Uh, Iowa, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and, of course, the big one, Florida, 29 
uh, electoral college votes there. But interestingly to note about Florida, um, which the two candidates have been in and out of uh, at high uh, rotation the last two weeks, Hillary Clinton didn't go there yesterday. And that's sort of an indication of her emerging confidence that she didn't need to go and campaign there. She, her five, six stops were in other battleground states. So we should know an answer by mid-afternoon uh, your time. Well, good on you, Chris. Uh, keep your trench coat nice. Uh, keep away from all those semi-trailers too, by the way. I think that's a hot tip in case Trump actually wins. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm going to go uh, off this live cross and go and ring Carl Stefanovic right now about that. <laughs> <laughs> thank Guys, you, Chris. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Channel 7's all-day election, co- election coverage starts at 10 this morning. Everybody shout! from nine-year-old Chakai. Chakai. What gets my ghoulies is when you're at school and you've got some cheese to look forward to. However, because the cheese has been in your lunchbox all day, it's sweaty. It looks wet with little beads of condensation on the surface. It makes me gag and I won't eat it. Mm. That's when you chuck it over the school fence. That's what you do. Right. Everyone does that. And my mum, I used to come home and she'd say, oh, did you enjoy your sandwiches today, Brendan? i go, oh, yes, they were very, very nice. You like honey sa- sandwiches? Oh, yeah, they were very good. You didn't have honey sandwiches, you had veggie. Oh, is that how she'd catch yeah. you? Oh, at the end of the week, I just take all the munched bags of sandwiches out of the bottom yep. of the kids' school bags. That's you know, how I know. I just get my kids' there. lunch and I just chuck it straight in the bin. Just cut out the middleman. And they say, Dad, I'm 24. <laughs> I really could eat that. We are at Aria. <laughs> I'm with you, Chikai. Just chuck it over the fence. Anne's in Hammondville. Hello, Anne. Hi, Jonesy. How are you? Very well. What gets your ghoulies, Anne? Oh, well, Amanda, I'm an Uber driver and I need to pee. And what gets my ghoulies is if I have to go into a service station, and you do get caught short, mm. some of them won't. They said, I asked them, can I use a toilet? No, we don't have a toilet. <sighs> and I think, well, where the hell do they go? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But also a service station. You stop to get petrol, you're out of your car. I, I wonder if by mm. law they should have to have a working toilet. They have to have a working yep. toilet. I, I think so. You know, there was a good one in uh, Blakehurst there. I had a situation just near Cars Park on the Princess Highway okay. and he didn't have a toilet. I said, So dude, you went in his car. I said, dude, I've just got to go. And he said, you come through here. He could sense my need. He was a very good man. But you shouldn't have to beg to use the facilities well, no, just, at a service station. He, he just and... saw the look on my face and yeah. he knew. Well, maybe, Anne, you need to get a fiercer look. <laughs> You've got to do... Maybe you got to work on your face. Out with the bad and with the good. If you dipped out to somebody, you can always email us, jamwsfm.com.au. Jonesy and Amanda in the morning. Sydney's WSFM.